Hello and welcome to Inside Intercom. I'm Liam Garrity. On today's show, I'm joined by Kavita Ganesan, the author of The Business Case for AI, a leader's guide to AI strategies, best practices, and real-world applications. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Kavita, you're very welcome to the show. Liam, thank you for having me. I'm really glad to be here. So I know you've delivered more than two dozen successful AI initiatives for a wide range of organizations, Mm -hmm. from midsize to Fortune 500s. How did you get involved in the AI space in the first place? So my history with AI goes long back to 2005 when AI was not really popular, nor was it even sexy or (laughs) needed in the industry. So I got really intrigued by the problem-solving aspects of AI. So even though the techniques may be the same, but when applied to a different problem, the way you would solve it poses different challenges, which was what was appealing to me because I think inherently I'm a problem solver. So I got deeper and deeper into AI from my master's program. That's where I got exposed to the whole AI space. Then I became a software engineer, but I felt that something was missing. And that was the whole algorithm development and problem solving piece. So that's when I decided, hey, I I really need to get a PhD in AI because I really want to specialize in this thing. And as I was about to graduate, that was 2013-ish. And that's the time big data, data science really started to take off as a field. So that's where I decided, okay, instead of going to academic institutions or research labs, let me just go and solve industry problems. Because I think I'm a very practical, applied person. So I wanted to see these algorithms being put to good use. So that's where things really started, where I delivered all these projects. I worked on different problems from healthcare to different areas like code. At GitHub, it was Mm -hmm. primarily code. Yeah. It it must feel like the rest of the world has just caught up with all this AI stuff in the last couple of months. Yeah, so for many businesses, AI is a very new thing, especially for small businesses who have not even been thinking about AI because they felt it was not relevant to them. And also mid-sized operations have been thinking about AI for a while, but didn't know how to get started or where to start. And generative AI has kind of put AI on the map for them. (laughs) (laughs) So let's dive into your book, The Business Case for AI. Straight off the bat, you acknowledge the worries and concerns that leaders have around AI. And we just released our report, uh, The State of AI in Customer Service 2023. And we surveyed 1,000 support professionals and found that 69% of leaders are planning to invest more in AI in the coming year. But so far, only 38% of leaders have already done so. So that's got to be a huge opportunity for early adopters to gain a real competitive advantage with all the benefits that AI brings, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right, especially when applied to the right problems, you're going to see significant benefits very early on. But I think the problems that companies are facing now is finding those right problems within the businesses and uh, applying AI in a way that's going to give them value, not like six, seven months down the road, but actually three months down the road. So very quickly, really. And I suppose off the back of that, what would you say to people on how to frame their AI thinking so that they're not 
imagining, you know, robots taking over the world, but thinking about AI, like you say, as a practical tool for business. Yeah, I think the first step is to understand what really this beast is, because now people think AI is generative AI, but AI really is not just generative AI. Generative AI is one piece of that AI puzzle. There's a lot more to AI. There's traditional machine learning, there's NLP, there's computer vision. So just understanding that space of what makes up AI, where you can apply AI, what type of problems you can apply to, and basically where generative AI adds value. So just addressing that elephant in the room will help set context on of or spark ideas on where you can apply AI in your business. So I would say education is the first step. So let's let's say if we say we've got over that hump and we're kind of on board the AI train, so to speak, how do you figure out what AI could be used for in your company to improve existing business processes? And could you share some examples? Yeah. So a lot of companies find value in starting with problems that are being manually solved. So basically repetitive problems like in customer service, just routing a support ticket to different groups is a repetitive task and it takes significant time for an agent to read through the ticket, determine which team to forward the ticket to, and also getting that preliminary data to send to the team so they can then triage the issue. So finding those manual processes that are repetitive, that requires human level thinking, that's a key point, that requires human level thinking, is where AI solutions can really make an impact in the short term because those problems are well understood. They may have metrics that you can use as way to measure how it's performing against the manual approach. So looking for existing processes that are inefficient is a starting point for companies. And I suppose you can come up with that list, but also I, I suppose you could talk to your team and, and see what kind of blockers that they have and that would, yeah. you know, that are going to prove their kind of day to day. Yes. Just talking to different business units, understanding their challenges, understanding what customer feedback they're getting. So even through analyzing customer feedback, you will detect like inefficiencies, challenges. So areas where AI can maybe help. So let's say customers are having trouble getting the help that they need because your support solution is not effective enough. So that'll give you a sense, hey, maybe we should have a better search functionality that addresses customers' problems so that they don't have to go through our ticketing system. So that'll give you a lot of uh, ideas. What advice would you give for people wanting to prepare for AI, you know, becoming an AI-ready company and then putting that knowledge into action? Yeah, so becoming ready for AI has two parts. One is understanding where your opportunities are within your company. So if you're a mid-sized operation, talking to the different business functions, understanding the challenges, just framing out those opportunities and seeing where are the opportunities primarily. So is it in sales? Is it in HR? So that will give you an idea of which area can be your competitive advantage right now. Then the second part is the foundational pieces required for AI. So getting your data infrastructure in shape. So maybe you're not aggressively collecting data. So that needs to be started. Or you are collecting data, but your data stores are in silos. There's no way for 
employees to access this data in a holistic fashion. Mm -hmm. So identifying those gaps, those preparatory gaps, and combining that with opportunities is going to give you a long-term way to get AI into the company. Just before we continue with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about Offscript. It's a new series of candid conversations with intercom leadership all about the extraordinary AI-driven transformation we're currently experiencing. Episode 1 is on our YouTube channel right now. Here's a teaser of what you can expect. I don't want to come across as overly dramatic, but for every single tech company, this is an adapt-or-die moment. It's inevitable that all businesses are going to go AI first. It's just a matter of time. In this post-AI world, new companies will rise, old companies will fall. Of course, some of these new companies will flame out. Some old companies will pivot successfully too. I don't think any of us could see a world where this wasn't going to be one of the biggest changes in the customer service landscape ever. The world we care about is customer service, and it's so patently obvious that the old way will be quickly obsolete. We're racing hard to build a future which will result in better experiences and results for customers and businesses too. It's not just a product change, it's a mindset change. Let's make space to talk about all of this. We have so much we want to share. We want to explore these ideas in the open. We want to provoke new ones in you. We want to learn from your reaction. You just click the kind of like big stupid go button, right, and see what happens. Welcome to Offscript. That's all to come on Offscript. The first episode is out now. You can watch it on Intercom's YouTube channel and we'll bring you audio versions of the episodes right here. Now, back to today's episode. I, I suppose it seems like ever since ChatGPT arrived on the scene, every product or business has kind of slapped AI on the end of their names. So in a sea of all of this, how do leaders find those AI opportunities? Like, how do you weed out the ones that are not useful to you and identify the really promising AI opportunities? Yeah, so that actually happens in when you find those opportunities and when you frame them, like you are basically articulating the benefits of the opportunity, like what metrics you'll use to measure, how you're currently solving the problem. So framing of each opportunity will actually surface which ones are the most beneficial and which ones offer very marginal benefit that you can shelve for now. So that articulation piece is very critical. And it's step two of my um, high impact AI discovery framework in my book, where first you have an idea or you know there is a potential AI opportunity. And step two is framing, which is a big part of identifying these good opportunities. Could you talk a little bit more about the framework? Sure. So this framework is about how to, it's a repeatable process for identifying high impact AI opportunities. And it has four key steps. The first is first thinking about, is this even a promising AI opportunity? And the way to think about it is AI opportunities often solve complex decision-making problems. And that makes AI sense, but it also has to make business sense for you to go further. So that's where you look at the workload. So by introducing AI or any software automation, is it going to provide a tangible benefit in that specific situation? So you have to think about, does it also make business sense? 
And then does it have the foundational building blocks? So let's say you've been doing this process manually. So are you storing the data from that manual process? So if it satisfy these three things, then it's a potential AI opportunity. But that itself doesn't mean you should go into implementation. So that's where step two comes in, where you frame these opportunities. So essentially you add a lot more detail to the opportunity. So articulating the benefits, the pain point that you're really addressing, what metrics you'll use to measure, because that's how you'll know you're achieving business success, like and data availability. Uh, so all of those little pieces, you have to frame it out for each initiative, potential AI initiative. But again, this doesn't mean you go straight into implementation. You still need to ensure that it's feasible. So that's where your experts come in, in step three. So you'll take it to your experts. You'll say, hey, I have this opportunity. What do you think? Can it be implemented? So that's where they'll spot all the red flags. Like, hey, you have data, but it's the volume is not enough. Or this is more too futuristic to implement right now. <laughs> so that's where the experts put the brakes and give you more information. And once you have all that information, you can rank those initiatives and select the top initiatives, which is the step four. So ranking and prioritization. So this is a very repeatable process. And I wanted this to be a big part of the book because I think currently people don't have a way to do it systematically. Mm -hmm. You mentioned it there, but I'd love to talk about kind of, you know, what happens when a leader has tackled a lot of these issues, they've implemented their AI strategies. What approach would you recommend to evaluate the success of their AI initiatives? Yeah, so right now, success is kind of fuzzy for most companies because leaders expect a financial ROI and then the AI experts just want to see high accuracy models. <laughs> but I think it's all of these. So in my book, I talk about three pillars of success. One is model success. So the model has to have a minimum acceptable performance. Otherwise, it's not really solving the problem at hand. So if it has 50% accuracy, that's just quite random. So you want to ensure that it's doing the task, performing what it's supposed to do reasonably well. But the model itself is not the end. The model is a means to solving a business problem. So that's where the business success comes in. And this ties in directly to your pain point. So what are you looking to improve? Is it time to analyze a support ticket? Is it trying to improve work-life balance for your employees? So there are indirect ways to measure all of these. So that's what you need to be tracking for business success. Uh, but model success and business success alone are not sufficient because in the end, it's the user who will be impacted. So you want to also be talking to the users of the AI solution. It can be a vendors, can be employees, so anyone consuming the AI output. So you just want to ask them, like, what do they think about the accuracy of the solution? So basically, ease of use, accuracy. So anything that can surface problems, either in the model or in the workflow because this can highlight any adoption issues. So if they don't like the solution, they may go back to the old way of doing things. So they may not want to use your AI solution, although it's so accurate, it's achieving all this business success, but the users are the ones who are important in the end. What would you say to customer support leaders 
who are thinking of implementing, you know, AI, but maybe they're a bit nervous, they're a bit worried, they're a bit concerned. Like, what would you say to them to kind of help them just get over that? Yeah, so one theme that I've seen recurringly amongst leaders is that AI systems are going to take over many jobs, like even their own jobs. So (laughs) sadly, this is true, but I think AI systems are more likely to augment workflows than just replace jobs because we still need the quality assurance layer where that's where humans come in. So an AI system can help with customer support tickets, but what if it cannot resolve an issue? Then the humans need to be there. And how are AI systems learning? They learn from data. And who generates this data? It's the humans. So we are a big part of this AI system. So we are very much in the loop for QA, for data generation, and for solving the harder problems. So that's, I would say, one aspect. And the other aspect is to set your expectations correctly for each problem. So thinking through the risks. So if I make AI the sole decision maker in this scenario, what are the risks? So understanding the risk will help address some of the resistance towards adoption of AI in that scenario. So maybe in this scenario, in a particular scenario, it's too risky. So maybe you want to have humans in the loop to review what the AI has done. So thinking through the risk and having a fallback plan will put some nervousness down, I I feel. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think even on your first point, I think we're, we're already seeing it, but, you know, jobs that people might be feared will be lost. It's actually creating new jobs or or new roles, you know, people monitoring the AI or, you know, in our case, like chatbot designers or, you know, so it's it's not all doom and gloom. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I think eventually roles may transition, like from doing really low level jobs to be doing higher level jobs. Then you'll be more of a QA manager. So yeah, roles will eventually change. And Kavita, I'd love to know, because you've been working in AI for so long, what's the one thing you'd want people to know about AI and business working together? So AI and business, good question. So in the research world, you often see one AI solution solving a problem. But in business, one AI solution itself may not be enough. You'll need always need a hybrid solution. So it can be a combination of AI system, a rules-based system for the edge cases, and maybe also humans. So the business solutions are often less elegant and they're more complex than the research systems. Where can people go to keep up with you and your work? Sure. So the first place to go to will be my website is kavita-ganesan.com. So that's where you can learn about my book. It'll also take you to my consulting page. So yeah, that's the starting point, I would say. And it also has some other podcasts that I've done. Perfect. And I'll put all the links for the website in in our show notes. Kavita, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, Liam, thanks for having me. This is Inside Intercom.